Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Uh, looking at the themes uh, surrounding Advent, of course, along with probably almost every other church on the planet uh, this month. Um, yeah, okay. That's better. Um, so we started off the first week we talked about hope and said that hope is something that's out there. It's a future reality, but it's also in here. It's something that we uh, hold inside of us, uh, it is uh, by definition the confident expectation of a preferable future. It's looking forward to something better. And uh, I realize that the word hope can be used in a lot of contexts. We say that, you know, um, I hope I win the lottery. I hope it doesn't rain today. Things like that. But those hopes are really wishful thinking. Uh, you know, our, our, our best effort at wanting something to happen. Uh, true hope really is in Jesus, and that is more than wishful thinking. Hope in Christ is uh, that confident expectation of a preferable future. It's knowing that we have something ahead uh, that's better than what's happening even now. Last week, uh, Tucker shared with us about peace. And uh, he, he said that our obedience measures how we keep our peace. And uh, I, I, would, I would translate that as that our peace is the fruit of our relationship with Jesus. Uh, as we walk out our life with him, we find that place of peace. Sometimes, and I think maybe we've all been there at one point or another, uh, you know, you're going through life and, and he's kind of leading you this way and you, you get that thing and you go, you know, I think I'll go over here for a little while. And you kind of take that, that turn and get off track and, and you find that uh, there's a lack of peace in that place, that peace really is uh, more evident when we... Um, when we walk out our faith and obedience. Uh, so this morning we continue the third uh, theme, third candle is joy. And a few things about joy just in context. One is that, uh, as we said before, joy is very different than happiness. Happiness uh, is circumstantial. When things are going well in life, uh, that makes us happy. Good things happen. Life is good. People are kind. Uh, I did win the lottery. I feel loved, whatever. I'm so happy. I'm so happy today. Um, and that's not bad. Those aren't bad things. Those are good things. But they're different than joy because joy transcends circumstances. It's not based in circumstances at all. Uh, joy is like hope and like peace in that it's contingent upon our relationship with Jesus. Uh, so we'll talk about that this morning. And I think the, the other thing that really struck me this week uh, as I was preparing for today and just kind of, you know, I spent time just sort of reading 
uh, different passages and kind of contemplating and thinking about it. And I, I, uh, I was really struck this week by the idea that our joy is generated through our willingness uh, to sacrifice on our behalf of ourselves on behalf of others. When we sacrifice for others, there there is an inherent joy in that. And so we'll talk about that. I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll dig in. Uh, and I'm going to invite my able-bodied assistant, Caspian, to come and read the scripture for us this morning. So, Lord, would you just bless this time and bless uh, your, your word to us today uh, as, as we uh, really consider what it means to walk in joy. Amen. All right, Cass, you want to come up? Well done. <laughs> Look at that. You got a little, little applause there, buddy. Uh, yeah, so, so by that passage, we, we really come away with the idea that joy is very much at the heart of the gospel message. Uh, you know, the angels came saying, we bring good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. This is a joyful thing. Uh, interestingly enough, the shepherds, uh, even with that announcement, good news, great joy, they're afraid. It says they're terrified. Um, you know, it's pretty typical throughout Scripture when the Lord and or a representative of the Lord shows up, very often the response is one of fear. And I want to say this, and again, this is probably a maybe a questionable theological point, but I believe that's a fallen response. I believe it goes back to the garden. Uh, Adam and Eve had sinned, uh, and they were afraid, and they hid. They hid from God. And I think that is... Uh, transcends through life, and we have that same kind of response today. Uh, but the angels say, no, 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 don't be afraid, don't hide, we've got really good news, you know. Uh, Johnny Cash sings the song, God's going to cut you down. Uh, it, but it's not like Johnny Cash. Uh, the angel of the Lord is the opposite of Johnny Cash. He's, he's not going to cut you down. He brings good news. We, we all, I think like Eve, have been somewhat afflicted by Satan with uh, un- unreal uh, images of God. And, and sometimes we have that same tendency, you know, oh, it's God, hide, you know, watch out, he's going to get you. Um, and I guess as a word to us today, you, you know, it's just uh, the angels came, no, no, don't, don't hide, uh, just, just, just listen, just soak it up, come into the presence of God. We've got good news. And when God shows up, it's good news. Always. Jesus is the Savior. Uh, He's the guy. He's who we've been waiting for. Uh, This is is a, a moment in time that you guys are the first ones to get to hear about today. Conversely, though, the, the enemy uh, is a liar, and everything he says is a lie. Can you go to John 10? Go. That's it. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the, the, the key word in that verse is the word only. The thief comes only to kill, kill steal, and destroy. That's his, that's his whole plan. That's the whole agenda. He's got nothing else. That's it. And that includes our joy. If he can come into the room and, and suck joy out of the atmosphere, that's a win. Um, and any time that we feel that joy sort of 
just you know moving away from us out of our life uh it's it's the the enemy coming and trying to steal kill and destroy and i i just look you know i think that's why and i don't i don't get into the whole warfare thing a whole lot you guys know me but when when we worship and when we worship songs of joy and songs of praise uh it, it it defeats that. It takes the, it, it, it knocks back uh, the enemy. You know, I was just David Letterman used to call his band the most dangerous band in the world, and uh, I think the most dangerous band in the world is a worship team leading worship, uh, where the people of God are moving into praise and joy and defeating and knocking back the enemy. I was. Uh, so blessed this morning. You guys are awesome. You killed it today. And uh, I, I knew it was going to be good because they had a hard time in, in rehearsal. And every time rehearsal is bad, worship is really good. Um, it's just the way it is. Uh, so it was, that was good today. Uh, the enemy is a thief. Jesus, he, the enemy wants to steal life. Jesus brings life. He's the, he's the life bringer. Uh, Joy is at the heart of the life that Jesus brings to us. Even so, this is this is Jesus's agenda. Even before he was born, Jesus is doing his job. Okay, uh, go to the next slide here. This is Mary and Elizabeth. Mary shows up, and this is what Elizabeth says: As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Woohoo! Uh, I, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Uh, is that baby leaping for joy? Um, that's the first human response to the presence of Jesus. The very first human response to the presence of Jesus was to leap for joy. Uh, and, and that carries on then through everything Jesus did. John 15, Jesus is talking about his purpose. Go one more slide. Oh, look, at you're already ahead of me. Man, uh, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, be complete. My joy, Jesus says, I want that to be in you and that will complete your joy. You'll have fullness of joy in me and then a short time later next slide he prays for that he says I'm coming to you now he's talking this is Jesus praying to the father but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they us may have the full measure of my joy within them he wants to impart joy into our lives that's that's his agenda it's good news. That is, uh, you know, the shepherds in the field. That's good news. That doesn't. This is the news that beats all news. This is the best news. Um, the author of Hebrews gives us a little further insight into the source. Where does the joy come from? If you want to go to Hebrews, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross for the joy set before him. That, that I've just been pondering on that all week long. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we, no mistake, the cross was not fun. Um, there was nothing good, nothing easy about it. It was humiliating, it was painful, it was shameful, it was agonizing, it was, it was terrifying. And in the midst of that, Jesus finds joy in knowing that the sacrifice he's making is on our behalf. 
I just, just let that settle in for a minute. For the joy set before me endure the cross. In, uh, in my previous life, as the uh, youth pastor of an urban megachurch, <laughs> it just seems so weird. I, uh, I had a young man come to me one time and tell me that he was feeling kind of down, just unhappy, generally lacking joy. High schooler. We talked a bit, and I asked him some questions, and he really uh, could not identify anything wrong. There was no tragedy. There's no loss, no grief. There was nothing bad happening. If anything, he probably lived a somewhat boring life, maybe, but not bad. So uh, I said, hey, look, come in after church on Sunday. Meet me back here in the office Sunday morning after church. I said, okay. And uh, he kind of perked up a little bit. And, and <laughs> so I, I think he thought we were like going to go to Disneyland or to a Rams game or something, you know, something really fun. Uh, so he shows up and I go, come on, let's go. And he goes, where are we going? And I go, we're going next door. And uh, our, our church building, we had one building, and then in the building next door, uh, we, we ran a program on Sunday afternoons called Lamb's Lunch. And Lamb's Lunch was a free hot lunch for anybody who wanted a free hot lunch. And so there was homeless folks that would come and then other, you know, people who were down and out in the community and then some people who just wanted a free lunch. Uh, but this thing, it grew over the years. It had been going on for years. And at this point, there were literally several hundred people who would come every Sunday for, for lunch. And, um, so as you can imagine, it, it, there was a lot of volunteer work that went in to putting this on every Sunday. It was a hot lunch. Uh, it was massive. And so <laughs> I said, come on, where are we going? Next door. He goes, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I said, we're going to make burritos. And he looked at me like, what? I'm depressed and we're going to make burritos? And uh, I said, yeah, we're going to make burritos. It'll be fun. So we went do next door and we, you know, gloved up and, uh, you know, we just got in line and started uh, slapping beans and into tortillas and passing them down the line. And, uh, you know, pretty soon people are coming through and they're they're saying, oh, thank you so much. Thank you, man. We really appreciate this. And one guy said something like, you know, this is the first hot meal I've had in whatever, I don't know, two days or three days or something. Um and in the midst of all that, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I saw the attitude in the heart of this young man just begin to change and begin to lighten up. And um, I saw him begin to find purpose and meaning and actually find joy in the opportunity to serve other people. So the, the moral of that story is, 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 uh, is this. I think it's something that we've always all known to be true. And if you want to go ahead and go to the next slide, that is that burritos equal joy. Um, which, by the way, 
Okay, off the record, I don't get paid for this. But if you haven't been to Taco Del Sol down the street here, just go after church today, drive through, get the breakfast burrito, pay an extra buck and get carne asada. Your life will be complete. I'm, I'm just telling you, that's it really, it really will. It'll, you will have, you will be true joy. It will be, it will be a joyful experience. Um, so burritos may not equal joy. But here's the thing. Making them might. Um, there, there is an inherent sense of joy that rises up inside of us when we extend ourselves on behalf of others. When we sacrifice of our time, energy, and money towards someone else, we really then are doing what Jesus did. And, and that really is a sense of joy. I, I want to I give us, a, a, kind of conclude this morning with an example of that. Um, and, and look for just a minute at the life of Joseph. So, so, so if you think about it, we have the Bible and the story, the, the fullness of it. We know, the, we, we, know, we know the end. And we have history, and we have all the people that have studied the Bible, and everything. You know, Joseph, he's in the moment. He, he, he does not have the kind of perspective that we have. All Joseph knows is what's happening right now. He's a regular dude. He's wearing Carhartts, pound the nails, go home, pop a Bud Light, get up and do it again tomorrow, right? He's a construction worker. That's what he does. Uh, he's engaged, engaged to his girl. That's good. It's good life. I got a job, I got a girl, it's a good life. Then one day, she says, hey, I'm pregnant. So Joseph, he thinks this over. He's a good guy. Joseph is a good guy. He could have called the authorities, could have raised a stink, could have, you know, put it on Facebook, I don't know. Um... But he, but he says, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to walk away. I'll just walk away. Uh, and, and, you know, I didn't think about Mary for a minute. So, so here's Mary, again, this young gal, engaged to be married, everything's going along really good, and then this happens, and this is unprecedented. You know, she, oh, uh, Joseph's surprised, she's surprised. So she goes and tells Joseph what's happened, and he doesn't believe her. Think about the pain in her heart at that moment of, of not being believed. It, it, it's, it, this is all I got. That's the story. I got nothing else. It's, it's true. I know. It's crazy. I get it. Then Joseph has a dream. Um, you know, it must have been a profound dream. I don't know if you guys have had dreams or if you've had spiritual dreams and you wake up and, man, it's, it's powerful. This dream had to be so vivid, so profound, so moving, because Joseph realigns all his response based on the dream. He comes to the conclusion, I think, that life is not going to be as expected, okay? I had a plan how this was going to work out, not going to happen. Um, so here's let me ask this question, and this is, this is how this correlates to our message on joy today, is where does Joseph find joy in that? Um, 
for, there's going to be a small town scandal. That, that's already known. That's going to happen. And now Joseph was going to walk away. Now he's in. He's part of the scandal. And he's going to, he is going to be known around town as the guy who got Mary pregnant. That stigma stuck with Jesus his whole life. In John chapter 8, Jesus is having a conversation with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees kind of poke at him a little bit. And they say, well, at least we know who our father is. Joseph travels to Bethlehem with uh, this pregnant woman on the back of a donkey. Um, where's the joy? If the dream's true, Joseph will be part of a scandal in the immediate. But for the rest of history, he'll be part of God's plan to redeem his people. Hebrews 11 says that faith is confidence in what we hope for, what's out there. And it's assurance of what we don't yet see. Joseph doesn't know the end game. He, he doesn't know how this is all going to end up. But he was able to find joy in the reality that he was part of God's plan of redemption. And I think um, if you guys want to come back up you can. I'm going to wrap up. But um, th- that's true for us today. That, that, that's really where it's at, is that if we can, you don't know. You say a kind word to somebody. You do a good deed for your neighbor, whatever it might be. Whatever, whatever thing you do, you don't know the result of that. You don't know where that's going to end up. But we have confidence, and we can get joy from the fact that we're part of the plan. God's using us in his plan of redemption at that moment. So, with that, you want your microphone back? (laughs) You guys are the most dangerous band in the world. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. 